a very warm greeting here from ENSW. Um, I have the amazing privilege this morning to preach the word today. For the last couple of weeks, we have been journeying through the book of James. We have been following along through the different topics, um, topics so very applicable to our lives. Um, James writes to a community, um, a community of believers, of, of Jewish believers, um, more specifically, um, and he is dealing with problems that they are facing. And now these problems don't have to do with um, government, corrupt governments, um, famines or plagues, even though that's what they were dealing with. Um, but he was aiming at brokenness within the community of believers. Um, and some more, more context, which I think might help for us, is that um, James was the half-brother of Jesus. He heard Jesus preaching. And sometimes we, we get that through the book of James. We kind of hear the Sermon on the Mount echoed in the background when we read James. Um, the believers he's writing to, Jewish mostly, they, they might have heard Jesus preach himself. Um, they might have even been there on Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given to the church. Yet, they're facing problems. They're facing brokenness. And if we think back to James 1, we're reminded of desire giving birth to sin. Um, and that, that's echoed again in the chapter that we're going to be dealing with today. James 4 verses 1 through 12. We have the same problem. Um, the problem of unredeemed desires. They're facing issues. They're facing partiality amongst themselves and dealing better with those who are rich or those who have better social status. They are they're breaking one another down with their speech. Um, they're saying that they're believers. Um, they're trying to say the right things almost formulaically, um, but they're not living out. They're not being doers. And when I think of today, I think we, we face exactly the same type of problems in our church community. Um, and the problem that they face is the problem we face, and it's unredeemed desires. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I want us to read James, 1, oh, James 4, verses 1 through 12 together. I'll be reading from the ESV, and you can follow along on the screen. Now, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace? Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God 
and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you, you double-minded. Be wretched, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another. Brothers, the one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and one judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Now, Father in heaven, we are so grateful for your word. We're grateful that you've given us um, life through your word, and that the Holy Spirit speaks so clearly through the word that he inspired. And I pray for that this morning. I pray that as we go through this message, um, this, this passage, that our ears may be open to hear the Spirit speak to us, that our hearts may be humbled to receive your good message this morning. Um, may we have eyes to see the glory um, of the truths that you've given us. I pray this in your name. Amen. So what I want us to look at today is the idea of unredeemed desires, and especially within community, as we see James writes to community of believers. Um, and I want to highlight three main ideas from the text, and they all have to do with community. The first one is when community cuts, um, then when community uh, is cured, and then when community carries, when community cuts, when it's cured, and when it carries. Um, as I mentioned, James doesn't, um, or, or I haven't mentioned it, James doesn't hold back. Um, he's writing to people um, plagued with, with conflict, and, and he starts off um, not pulling his punches. So James asks the question straight off the bat, why are you fighting? Why are you bickering and speaking evil of one another? Why are you slandering? Why are you gossiping? And why are you changing direction when someone walks your way? Uh, why can't you say anything good about your brother or sister in Christ? And why are your discussions seasoned with passive aggressiveness? Like, are you, are you ready to hear James's reasoning? I mean, it's not something outside. It's something inside. He's saying it's because of your selfish desires that this is happening. And he's not holding back. Um, he's saying it's because you want and you can't have, so you murder. Um, you, you kill. And before you think, well, I haven't killed, I've murdered. Um, he's saying you, you've brought death to relationships instead of life. And he's saying, if, if you're jealous, you want something, but you can't have it, then you're not going to be the only one that's unhappy and you're going to make sure of it. Um, you're going you're gonna to set up that pity party and you're going to make sure the invite is open to everyone around you. These are the problems that the church then was facing. And we face it as well, these, these desires within us that wage war. Um, and we, we see it from the first moment we wake up in the morning. 
Um, I wake up and my first desire says, just stay in bed. Um, just do what you want. Um, maybe you can call in sick. Uh, you just need some time to yourself. Maybe um, just binge that, that series on Netflix for the third time um, instead of doing the things that you know you, you have to do. Um, maybe you have the desire not to face those problems that you know you've been setting off, not to deal with those people who just rob you the wrong way. We have these desires within us um, and we only hear them stop when our head hits uh, the pillow at the end of the evening. Um, so the idea here is that, that it's within us. Um, and I wanna, wanna hit this home, it's within us, that's the problem. These desires that actually if we just listen to each one, if we acted on every desire, we would find ourselves um, in, in terrible, terrible places. Um, and then he goes on and says, well, do you know what? You, you don't have things because you're not, you're not asking God for them. And, and before um, someone can give an answer to James, like, of, of course, James, I have been asking God and he hasn't been giving this to me. Uh, James says, well, I know you, you are asking God, um, but you're only asking him, you're only in prayer to get something from him, to fulfill those desires. Um, you're not you're not in prayer for God himself, for that intimacy, for relationship. It's just so that you can get what you want. And then verse four goes even further. He says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that, this, that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? Now that, that word there, adulterous people, in the Greek actually um, is an adulterous woman. Um, so James here is leaning into the idea that the church is the bride of Christ. And he's saying... If you're looking for intimacy outside of Christ, um, then you're breaking your promise to him. Um, you're, you're telling him that he is not enough to satisfy your desires. And in so doing, you're making yourself an enemy of God. And then he goes on to say, well, God jealously yearns. And that also just looks at the idea of that intimate relationship between uh, two spouses, um, where, where they share intimacy only with one another, jealously, and that, that good jealousy. Um, and he's saying, you're breaking that. When, when you're going to the world, when you're looking at what the world offers and saying, yes, please fill me, um, you're saying no to God. Um, now, now, why hammer on this? Um, why am I... Um, elaborating on how bad um, our hearts can be. Well, well, it's because it leads to the next point. Um, we, we, we need to realize um, the depth of our poverty of spirit to actually fully realize um, the blessing of the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus says. 
Um, and that's, that's echoed here in James. Realize how far you fall um, outside of Christ um, and then go to him to be fooled by him. And that's, and only then is when community um, is cured is when we reach the end of ourselves. Um, James goes on to say, well, mourn. He says, uh, weep, be broken about your sin. Um, realize how bad it really is. Because only, only the sick know that they need a doctor. And it's something amazing about Christianity where we um, understand the balance. We, we actually have such a healthy view of the world. Being able to see the world as beautiful. Um, to see it as gloriously made by God. And then also to understand that there is such a deep brokenness. Um, and to look at ourselves and see that brokenness within ourselves and the brokenness that that brings to community. We have to be real. And that's what James is saying. Be real. Be honest. See the depth of, of those heart's desires and how contrary they are to God, to what he wants for you. Now, the problem is when we actually get to be honest with ourselves and we look at our hearts and, um, and, and the motivations behind we do things and realize it is actually me. Um, my heart is the problem. We get to the point where we ask, well, if, if it is me, if I'm the problem, um, who's going to accept me? In, in whose community will I be received? Because I look at my heart um, and just the picture of it, a small bit of it, and I see uh, the wicked motivations in it. Um, what if someone else got to see only a glimpse of it? They would reject. Um, and, and, and that's what I'm struggling with now. But God says, um, I will. He says, I will accept you. Um, I will send my son my only begotten son with whom I have eternal community and I will, I will reject him. Um, I will turn my face away from him so that my face will ever be turned towards you. That's the grace that God shows us when we reach the end of ourselves. Um, he, he loves us so much and we only see that. When, when we mourn, uh, we are only joyfully comforted, as Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. We're only joyfully comforted when we reach the end of ourselves. And that's when the healing starts. And that's when God starts to fix those things that are broken within us. And when we lay ourselves vulnerably bare before him and, and realize his grace for us. Uh, a preacher once said, we are more wicked than we could ever have dreamed, ever have imagined, but we're also more loved than we could ever have hoped. And only once you realize and, and start to meditate on God's love and how great it is, that's when your heart melts. That's when the desires for the world start melting away. 
and then the rest of James mentions um, submitting to God. And, and, and that's the second part of it. The, the first part is the grace of God. Um, and the second part is humble submission to God. Now, as we submit to God, verses 5 to 10 says we, we resist the devil. And we turn to God, turn away from the world. And we tell the world, you will not be the one that satisfies me because you can't. Um, and, and the tricks that the devil uses to tempt you to look for satisfaction, um, they start to become so dim in the light of who Jesus is, in the light of that humble submission. Um, I like how, how James says we have to, to draw near to God. And I want to say that Oh, it's such a it's such a big invite. It's such a beautiful invite for us to draw near to God, but it's it's not an invite. And when you look at the the Greek there, it's a verb, um, and it's an imperative. It's an, an instruction that James James is giving. He's he's not suggesting us draw near to God. He's saying do it, draw near to God, um, be bold, take that step, realize the goodness that there is with God. And the promise, the promise is he will draw near to you. Only then do we see the healing that takes place within our hearts. When we turn away from the world and turn towards God, realizing that, that he gives more grace. Um, and, and I know that there are places where we're, we're afraid to to expose ourselves to god because we've done so many things we've broken our promises over and over and over again um, but james is saying draw near to him uh, humble yourselves realize that he gives more grace and god's promises he will draw near to you so no matter what you've done and and what happens once uh, the curing, the, the healing takes place uh, within us, it's, it's then that we're able to see that community carries. I mean, I, and from the text, we see community carries in two ways. We, um, we ourselves become carriers of our community. Um, and also the second thing is we, we, uh, we allow ourselves to be carried by community. Now, what do I mean by this? We, we carry our community when we've submitted to God, we've, we've let his grace wash over us and we've started dying to self, um, dying to those pleasures and desires that once seemed so appealing in the world. And we are able to let go of our pride and our own interests and the, the desire to just be right the whole time. And we can start coming alongside people in our community we can start encouraging someone else um, or helping someone else with their burdens. And th this is only possible when, when we've taken that step, we've drawn near to God, we've humbled ourselves, we've seen his love for us. And then the things within the community that frustrate us, um, those people that just rub us the wrong way, and, and maybe those people that sin against us, you're able to look at them and say, as James says, but God gives more grace. And your desire is now actually to see them restored 
I'm mature, I'm sanctified, washed, just like you have been. And as James ends this piece of scripture, he's saying, don't speak evil against one another. Like that's, that's not the goal anymore. The goal isn't to be judges and to have ourselves be that law and we're just comparing everyone to our standards. Um, but we've, we've seen the standard ourselves. We've seen the law of God. We've, we've humbled ourselves and now just humbly we can come before anyone, um, no matter what their social status is, no matter what they've done, um, and we can encourage them with the grace that we've been encouraged with. So that, that's when we are able to finally start carrying within community, become community carriers. And now the second part is when we, we ourselves um, allow others to carry us. Because we get to places often when we are exhausted. Um, we face trials and tribulations um, and just oppressions and, and even our own, our own sins. Uh, we get to a point where we have to be honest with those around us. Um, and, and once again, that pride has to die. You have to die to self to be vulnerable before someone else. Um, and allow someone to come alongside you, to carry you, to pray for you, to, to be there for you in your time of need. Be, be humble. Realize that God shows his grace through the people around you. No one is perfect. People will imperfectly try and, and help you and encourage you. But that's God's grace to us. Now, James doesn't hold back punches. Um, he's being brutally honest with us because he wants us to be doers of the word. He wants us to respond to his message. And, and that's what I want us to do now as well. We, we hear the word preached and we cannot just switch off the computer or the television and go on with, with our normal day, the, the, the Sunday brunch. Um, or, or going to picnic or whatever, um, don't let this time go by without responding to the message that you've heard in James. So what we're going to have is the, the band will be, will be playing. Um, and, and as that happens, I want you, wherever you are, to be bold. Um, I'm, I'm giving that imperative from James, that, that, that instructions draw near to God um, and, and do it in whatever means you think um, is best. If it's kneeling down wherever you are, maybe it's, it's raising your hands, maybe it's grabbing that person next to you if you're gathering together and praying alongside them, letting the Holy Spirit convict you. Um, maybe, maybe you haven't been carrying in your community. Uh, maybe you've self selfishly been thinking that it's it's about you um, and people need to get in line with your way of thinking with you being right and you need to die to that realize that god gives more grace um, mourn that sin maybe you are in a place where um, you are mourning um, and, and you've realized your desires are so contrary to god be bold 
draw near to him. It, and it might involve reaching out, um, calling that friend, confessing that sin, or just telling them that you're struggling and that you need help, you need prayer, you need someone to come alongside you. If, if, if you need the, someone here at the leadership, um, then uh, you can get a hold of us and we will pray for you. Um, we want to come alongside you to see you healed, to see you grow and mature, to be a doer of the word. So we're going to give you a couple of minutes as the song plays. Quiet your heart, submit to God, and let Him work in you.